Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist who lives in Chennai. Every night on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I return to my true love, statistics, to ask the question, what can we say about COVID-19 in India based on the data that we have and what can we just not say yet? Tonight's episode is part of a set of two. Tomorrow's episode takes this issue forward to ask how do we get the data for all that we can't answer yet? It's day 70 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 5865 confirmed cases with 169 deaths. In episode 3 I took a look at the sort of background landscape of health statistics in India that the poorest are most likely to actually suffer from diseases especially fever and respiratory diseases but are least likely to see a doctor even among people who do doctors very often get their diagnosis wrong when it comes to death statistics doctors and hospitals diagnose the cause of death wrongly more often than not and only a minority of deaths are medically certified at all You will find links to all the data sources for these statements in the medium piece that accompanied episode 3 and I've linked to it again. But tonight I wanted to talk specifically about what we can and cannot say about COVID-19 based on the data that is emerging. So let's start first with confirmed cases. In India, confirmed cases are those that are certified as positive after an RT-PCR lab test and the numbers come from the state government and from the center. This number right now, five thousand eight hundred and sixty-five, places India at somewhere between the twentieth and twenty-fifth worst-hit countries worldwide. There is reason to worry that this number could miss many people. So let's take a look at who we could be missing. One, we could be missing people who have symptoms but are not being detected because they are too poor and cannot access healthcare, particularly in a lockdown. These are the people that India hopes will be detected by its frontline health workers. the lakhs of poorly paid and underprotected anms ashas and even school teachers in some states so that's one section we could be missing but that proportion is impossible to estimate it's an unknowable and two there are the asymptomatic people who actually have the virus who we could be missing this issue is tied to two things that i've mentioned before india's testing strategy and the tablighi jamaat cluster The testing aspect is that India continues to test very few people. We had tested just 1.27 lakh people in all as of yesterday. The data journalist Shreya Raman at India Spend has done a good job of tracking the issue of how many people Indian states are testing, and she found that states that test more have more positive cases. This also ties in with something the journalist Shoaib Daniel of Scroll said in an article yesterday. He wrote that a large number of people who attended the Tablighi Jamaat conference were testing positive but this was simply an artifact of the fact that India was testing so many Tablighi Jamaatis even in some cases if they were asymptomatic I've linked to both these pieces but I think I'm being fair in characterizing these as fitting in with a larger narrative which is this if we just tested more widely we'd find more cases and then some states or some groups wouldn't seem to have much more cases than others There is one problem with this line of reasoning. There are some variations among states, but India's broad testing strategy is set by the ICMR. And as of March 20th, in addition to the usual symptomatic people and inbound travelers and their contacts, asymptomatic people who have had close and direct contact with confirmed positive cases are also eligible to be tested. This explains why even asymptomatic Jamaatis were tested. 
it's because they had close and recent contact with confirmed cases. And those cases were discovered not because of profiling, but because of a combination of a large influx of incoming foreigners and a large number of symptomatic people reporting to hospitals from one cluster. The ICMR strategy also explains why some states are testing more and finding more positives. It's not a random event. Of course, this doesn't undo the fact that there could be many asymptomatic people who are out there whose information we are not capturing. In Shreya's piece that I linked to, she finds that the share of tested people who have tested positive is far lower in India than in Italy and the US. So we might not have evidence that we are missing a lot of people, but tomorrow's episode is going to discuss how we work towards getting that evidence. And finally, there's the question of deaths, mortality rates or fatality rates. Right now, at this early stage of discovery, the number of deaths relative to the total population or the mortality rate is really not of much use. As I mentioned in episode 3, it takes many months or even years after deaths in India for the statistical system to figure out what the real cause was. A more relevant statistic right now is the fatality rate, the share of infections that result in death. What we are using instead is the share of confirmed cases that result in death. And confirmed cases is always going to be a bit of a subjective number. In tomorrow's episode which looks at data solutions, I'll also look at a better way to find the real number of infections. So what can the data so far tell us? It can tell us the number of tests that the ICMR has carried out going by its testing strategy, the share of them who have tested positive, and the share of those who have died. What can it not tell us? The real number of people in the population who are infected, what share of them have been tested, and patient's clinical history while in hospital. Thank you for listening. This episode was edited by Anand Krishnamurti. Tomorrow, how to get this data.